Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1998's Sphere, directed by Barry Levinson and starring Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, and Samuel L. Jackson. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, yeah, I recently went to the theater for a screening of Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. Um, that movie is still so great. And yeah. Seeing it on the big screen made me appreciate it all over again. Um, it doesn't matter how many times you've been told that story. You want to hear it and see it again because it's so irresistible. Mm-hmm. You know? um, my favorite Peter Jackson film is Heavenly Creatures. We did an episode on it a long time ago. Oh, it's it's a wonderful movie. Just amazing all around. Um, but I'll always understand why Lord of the Rings and its sequels are like, you know, what yeah. he's most remembered for. Right. Because, um, I mean, it's, cause it's still such an achievement and the appeal of it is so universal. Um, I'll, I'll always maintain, you know, the other film, but like I can, I totally get why Lord of the Rings and, you know, every, all of its sequels are the ones that people like, you know, really gravitate toward. Right. That's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all three great movies yes, they and are. you can watch them all back to back. I mean, if you got the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the end of the trilogy always just makes me blubber like a baby. Of course. Like I, I just can't help myself. I know. <laughs> it's so good. I know. I, I even <laughs> felt that way at the end of the first one. Just yeah. like I, I'm, I'm kind of a, a Sam Mark. I was about to say when Sam goes after him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I can't help it. You yeah. Know? I'm that's shamelessly okay. about it. You know. That's all right. You right. Know? Whatever. But that's <laughs> awesome. Yep. I've never seen them on the big screen. Oh, I didn't is go. That right? I didn't see them in the theaters. No, I saw them later on DVD. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, the the first one I saw at midnight on a Wednesday. You know, oh, uh, opening night. You know, yeah. So walking out of the theater, staggering out at three a.m. Yep. You know, uh, that, good good times. Those are good times that you know we don't have anymore. Like, I know, yeah, we don't <laughs> exactly. That's all past. Oh man. Well, I stayed <laughs> indoors, Dave, and I watched something on Netflix. It was David Fincher's latest, The Killer. Oh yeah, Michael yeah. Fassbender. Right. It's a very tense, you know, uh, thrilling David Fincher film. Cool. Like, it's it's what he does, man. Yes. Um, I I liked it a lot. Uh, I felt some of it was very unusually put together and tense in a way you don't normally feel. Like, it was almost casually intense mm-hmm. in certain parts. Have you seen it? No, I've not. Okay. Uh, there's, like, a part where he's trying to flee a city, and he's being real calculated, but casual at the same time. It's okay. pretty awesome stuff. Um, but really, I felt like some of it near the end f- fell apart. And some of the actions that took place weren't in line with the characters oh. that I come to expect. Okay. And maybe I just didn't pick up on the the growth that he was planting for these characters. Okay. Uh, it could be on me, or it could just be maybe it wasn't explained well enough or shown well enough for right, me could to, be. To, to, to accept it. Yeah. But either way, it's a good David Fincher movie. And, you know, if you like Fincher, you'll like this, I'm nice. sure. Nice. Right. All right, Dave. So now let's talk about Sphere. <laughs> Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, This is Barry Levinson's adaptation of a Michael Crichton novel in which a team of scientists are tasked by the U.S. military brass with uh, investigating like a a mysterious spacecraft that was discovered at the bottom of the sea. Um, And they find that the craft houses this powerful orb uh, or sphere as the, you know, the titular sphere uh, whose power they must contend with over the course of their mission. Um, the movie is very visually impressive and it features a very strong and famous cast. Uh, but I know that I and many others have a lot to say about its deficiencies. So let's discuss it. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed, Dave. <laughs> this is a film I grew up with. Uh-huh. I had the VHS tape 
and I still do, which is what I actually watched for this episode. You watched your VHS? Yeah, I plugged it in, and I'll tell you what, it looked better than a DVD. It sounded better. Oh my gosh. That hi-fi kicked in. Oh man, it was great. Wow, what a, that's a great experience. Yeah, I actually. was like, wow, this is amazing. Yes. There was only a few bits of crackling audio, you know, <laughs> and a couple track marks, you know, every oh, now okay. and then. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it was great, man. You know, I wish I had it on Blu-ray or something, which course, would have been yeah. awesome. But to actually e- see it, yes. Either way, you know, <laughs> yeah. I still I know the movie well enough that I could have probably closed my eyes and knew what was happening. <laughs> okay. like, this is one of those early tapes I bought on, with my own money okay. and was just like, wore it out. Yeah. So I'm very familiar with the movie and its deficiencies, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get into. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I mean, like, this credit sequence, I, I have to give it up to it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, I like the with the actors' names kind of distorted against the nautical imagery. Yeah. Um, there's like a kraken in there at one point, um, and there's glimpses of aliens, and and you know you're, yeah. you're, you're kind of like promised uh, a thrilling tale. Um, it doesn't quite deliver everything that they, that they promise in the credit sequence, but right. like at least that they they kind of. Uh, they get you sitting down and interested in the movie. Yeah, it sets sets the mood very well. Yeah. The, the film has great atmosphere. It's it's one of those tense, closed-in, claustrophobic films, or yes, at least that's what it's going for. Right. And I would say it achieves it for the most part. Yeah. There's some things that break that. Uh, but yeah. overall, I think it does a pretty good job at it. And if it feels cold. It feels wet. It feels cramped. <laughs> Yeah, you the know. cold and wet thing. Yeah, um, especially. I, well, look, man. Anyone who knows me knows how I feel about the ocean. You know, <laughs> yes, and I, yes. I just I, we can't breathe underwater. Yeah, you know. And even though I'm okay with wading in a little bit sometimes, <laughs> I I always want to be able to see dry land. There is no amount of money you could pay me right. to go on this mission. Yeah, if we ever had a dude dudes on movies cruise, Dave wouldn't be there. I, I, it would be right. me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your dude Scott, and then uh, applause. Yes, you know. <laughs> yeah, you'd be patched in from satellite, <laughs> or it'd be one of those old man cruises that goes like the Mississippi River. Oh yeah, yeah, it's just one of those river boats. <laughs> We're eating crawdads yeah, and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> sounds like a good time now that I think that about it. That actually sounds really awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. The I'm kind of talking about like the production design in yeah. a way. And it, it feels a lot like the, the great movies like this, like Alien and The Thing right. from 82. Right. It, it's going for that. And, you know, it's an underwater film. Like, you got the abyss yeah. mixed in. Anything like that, that's what it's going for. Right. And it looks like it. I'm glad you said that that's what it's going for because, like, there are moments where it almost achieves it. Um, it, it doesn't quite ever get to the level of the films that you mentioned, but I appreciate its ambition all the same. Yes, exactly. And so the movie does that awesome credit sequence. Yeah. And then we immediately get Huey Lewis flying a helicopter. That was eye-opening. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, Eighth build in the film, everybody. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's kind of, that was really something, man. I think there's only eight people in the movie, but it's weird too, because it's like a, it's a big expensive studio movie, but it's still a really small cast and it's an expansive movie that takes place like in the ocean and there's like military and and aircraft carriers everywhere. The ship at the bottom of the ocean seems gigantic and it looks huge. Yes. But somehow it's still intimate. I, I probably yeah. because there's such a small, like workman like cast, you know? Yeah. Um, and I always appreciate Barry Levinson, like when when filmmakers or authors like identify with a place, um, even when the story they're telling isn't set in that place, mm-hmm. um, like Barry Levinson like proudly hails from Baltimore. 
you know, and um, even though this movie isn't Diner or Avalon, yeah, um, <laughs> he still makes sure that Huey Lewis is wearing an Orioles cap. You know, exactly. That was yeah, that was cool. Right. That was a great touch. Got to get Huey in the Huey. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! How I did know, I not make dude, that connection? I know, right? Wow. It's, it's right there. Jeez, chopper puns. <laughs> Anyway, so he's flying Dustin Hoffman out to the middle of the ocean. Uh-huh. Dave would never get on this no helicopter. Way. No goddamn way. <laughs> but just... Dust, Dustin Hoffman does. Oh my gosh! You know, yeah. Wow. He's a crazy psych- time. He's a psychologist, and he believes he's called in to like help plane crash survivors out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And it turns out that's not really what's going on. The movie starts off as this mystery. Okay, where are we going? What's happening? All these things that we're told aren't true. So what's really happening? Right. And that spends the first like five, 10, 15 minutes kind of building up this stuff. He gets to this ship. Peter Coyote is there kind of running the whole show. He knows there's a spaceship down there and he thinks it's ET and he's coming back to get him. <laughs> That's what he wants to do. I can't, when I see Peter Coyote, I know he's crooked. <laughs> Every time I see him, the only time he's not crooked is when he's narrating a Ken Burns movie. Okay, yeah. Uh, other times he is always like like some kind of authority figure who is um, you know, like against the kid or or against the the, the protagonist in some way. He there, there's yeah. something going on where he's being secretive and he's carrying out like yeah. shadowy missions. And I don't right. like, you know. Right. And I don't think he's fully like an antagonist in the traditional sense in this film, but he right. is like the kind of a, abrasive authority figure who yes, doesn't want the people to do what they want to do. And he brings Dustin Hoffman, really all of them, onto this mission under false pretenses. Yes. Um, and, like, so imagine me in that scenario. Like, I'm already, like, you know, <laughs> puking out the helicopter because I'm, like, just scared out of my... I, I'm so scared <laughs> of, of being out in the ocean like this. Then I find out that Peter Coyote lied to me. I, I, I don't know what I'd do. Oh, you man. Know? First, Elliot, now you. <laughs> yes. Come on. That's right. <laughs> So he gets to the ship and he starts seeing people he knows. Uh Like Sharon Stone is there. She plays Beth, who is another scientist. She's like a biologist or something. And he knows her from the past. Right. We don't know why, but we can assume things. We find out later. They had a a relationship. Uh, Samuel Jackson's there. Leave Schreiber is there. Yeah. Is another guy he knows. Another narrator. Yes. (laughs) Who, if I had to pick, Leave Schreiber might be my favorite performance in the film actually oh, okay or samuel jackson maybe i don't know we can get into it yeah that's but, all um, both pretty strong but uh leave is kind of this is it liev how do you pronounce i always say leave i i always just pronounce it leave so okay. we can say leave leave yeah. schreiber yeah, yeah leave schreiber um but he's kind of the the young like know-it-all child who has come up the ranks in the astrophysics community and yeah is ambitious and wants a Nobel Prize and all this stuff, but he doesn't have it. Right. <laughs> He's a Sheldon Cooper type in that he, like, you know, graduated with a... P- he got a PhD when he was 19 and that yeah. kind of thing, and just like a, a child prodigy. It's always kind of a competition for him. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, they're all smart and, like, the top of their field. Yeah, everyone of them is a doctor. Yeah. You know, and they're... Yeah, they were all brought in because they are, like, considered, you know, the, the tops in their field, and only, like, this thing that they're that they've discovered is, like, for their eyes only, and they need expert you know, analysis. Right. And Peter Coyote reveals, Hey, we're here because we found this ship at the bottom of the ocean and we, it, we don't know what it is. It's alien. And, uh, Norman, who is Dustin Hoffman's character had written a report for the Bush administration, the eighties Bush administration. Yeah. Bush one, Bush one, <laughs> Jesus, there's two of them. <laughs> Bush one. And <laughs> 
He says it's a bogus report. You know, he just wrote this thing about how you should contact alien life. You know, we, we'll need a mathematician. We need this and that and that. And he just wrote it so he can get a check, you know. <laughs> he doesn't believe in it. So they literally, the government took this report verbatim and took the actual people he put in the report and called them here. Not like other top men that they had on staff. <laughs> they went and got these civilians. Yeah. And brought them in here to do this. All because of this essay that Dustin Hoffman wrote in 1984. For Bush 1. Uh, yeah, excuse me, 88 then, yes. Yes, it wasn't Reagan. It right. was Bush 1, okay? <laughs> We're filming this in the late 90s. So they, I find it a little hard to believe that they just drugged these people out here instead of other top military people Well, so do, in they, these fields. But do they have, d- does the military have like someone in each of these disciplines who I'm would be sh- the top. I'm sure they do. But right? like that would be better than an academic is what I'm saying though. Well, you know, I don't know. I, it's tough to Maybe. say. I, I don't I, and I but I know what you mean because I the lack of military personnel in the actual habitat, yeah. that really I don't get what that's about. Right, I find it hard to believe. They when they go to the bottom of the ocean, there's like a, a habitat down there where they they set up base outside yeah. of the huge ship, you know. And there's only 3 people in the military down there. There's Peter Coyote, yeah. Queen Latifah, and then there's someone and else. Marga Gomez. Yeah, he played Edmonds, I think, is yes. her name. Queen Latifah is Fletcher. Fletcher. I know everyone's names in this movie, everybody. That's how yes. much I've watched it. Right. <laughs> 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 yes. If the Trivia Night had named Queen Latifah's oh character from the 1998 lackluster film Sphere, <laughs> I would say... Yes, it's Fletcher. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, there's no one down there. Right. They're running this thing just... I understand you're a thousand feet down, right? Yep. It's it's hard to run a hotel at the bottom of the ocean, well, right? Yeah, yeah. But... Or a dormitory or... Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just though that like... <sighs> I should say it's hard to staff uh, uh, that thing at the bottom of the ocean. But... You need more than two people in Peter Coyote. Because right? aren't they getting There's any, more like, civilians aren't they than getting military like, personnel. Aren't they getting R&R at some point? I mean, like, are, are they just down there for, for, for They're like, down there the duration? for, like, for a few days, I think, is the plan. But, I mean, like, like Queen Latifah and Marga Gomez, are they just down there for a year? And they, yeah, never, know, they right? never go to the surface. I mean, like... I guess there were teams of divers down there before that were blasting the coral reef and stuff. So okay. maybe they were stationed down there, too, and... They had to leave because there's not enough room or oxygen for that many people. Okay, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know. yeah, stocking it with enough oxygen for a team of 50 would be tough, I suppose. Um, yeah. It's just that it, it seems like it's for, for something of this <laughs> much importance. And like th- these set up these, two bases. I mean, yeah. How, how is there just two people like manning the controls? Because Peter Coyote actually like exists outside of their little pod. Yeah. You know, Queen Latifah and the other lady are just there, you know, like, okay, we'll just get into this. <laughs> uh, the, the things I don't care for in this movie. Yes. Um, in the storytelling, these, these weird transitions. Um, like the title cards. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about them. Um, yeah. Each segment of the movie ends with a fade to black. And then the next segment shows a title card that introduces the next sequence. Um, I get that films and stories are often segmented. Yeah. You know, that happens. Um, 
but this movie features multiple instances of missing scenes and editing problems. Oh, yes, you are you are right. I mean, holy <laughs> you crap. You are damn right. <laughs> it, and and then it extends to these title card transitions even. I mean, like during the segment that we're talking about before the crew actually goes down into the sea, when they're all being briefed by uh, uh that James Pickens. Yes. Um Ninth build, I think. Yeah, he is ninth. <laughs> he comes after Huey. Yeah, um, right. Like, <laughs> he's, it's during his speech, it just, it starts to fade on him. Yeah. And then it goes into the title card sequence. It's awkward as hell, and I thought it was very unfair to the actor. Yeah. You know? Right. It fades I mean, out while he's talking. Yes. And he's still, like, like giving us, the audience, like, information we probably need. Yeah. Um, And they just decide, well, done talking to this guy. I believe he explains surfacing too fast and the bends yes that's what he's explaining and then it fades out his audio and everything right and then it pops up on the screen the deep and you're like okay i would have liked to have (laughs) heard him tell me about the deep (laughs) yeah you know uh like because he sounded like he had more to say and it sounded like what he was going to say was actually valuable not just to us but to the 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 divers who are going to be down a thousand feet under the sea yes um that's there, pretty there must be a dozen title cards in this. There film. is. Yeah, it, it's, it's 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 remarkable. It's almost like because it's based on the Michael Crichton book. You said right. It's almost like chapter titles. Yeah, like and it probably is. <laughs> right. I've actually read this book multiple oh. times. Oh wow. Okay. I'm not much of a reader. I've probably read this book three times. You've read Sphere three times. Yes. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's way better than the movie. I'll okay. tell you that. Got it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've seen the movie more than three times. <laughs> yes, that's usually what happens. Yes. That's okay. Yeah, it takes a lot less of my time. True. Even though it's like 2.15 or something. It's it's a long, it's not super long, but it's it's over two hours, I believe. That, I was, um, <laughs> I was taken aback when I saw that the movie was over two hours. I was like, that's unforgivable. Which sucks. For this beca- movie. Yeah, like you said, it's missing scenes. Holy You crap. can tell. Yes. There's a moment later when... Leif Schreiber dies and Dustin Hoffman is talking to the computer and saying like, I froze. I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I just sat there and he died because of me. I'm like, what? No, you didn't. We didn't see any of that. There was no indecision. You got like hit by like a tray and fell over. And then that was the end of the scene. Right. What are you talking about? I I, I know. I know. Like that, that seemed like it was kind of a big deal and we didn't see it. Yeah. Um, and, and even, even a, Apart from just the missing scenes or the editing uh, weirdness, there, there's a moment like later in the movie where Dustin Hoffman, he's floating like what's when Sharon Stone traps him in, in the, 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 the yeah, lab. Yeah, she tries to like drown him somehow. Yes, and she fills the chamber with water. But then she opens the door while the outside door is open, but then they don't die. And and, like, and, just, and he yeah. swims out with, yeah. with like some kind of, you know, like breathing. A rebreather thing. Yes, yeah. like it was like the thing that Qui-Gon Jinn uses. <laughs> right, yes. Um, like... I, it I was, does look kind of like a Gungan city down it, it, here. Oh my gosh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> the, the expanse of it, actually, the, the perspective yeah, is that. Right. Um, but like, he's floating to the bottom and he just like, he bashes his head or he's supposed to bash his head, mm-hmm. but it's just like Dustin Hoffman, like gently uh, brushing up against this countertop. And then he like, the actor just like puts his hand on his head, just like, ow. <laughs> you know, it, it's supposed to be like this major like injury, but it's just a guy going, ow, oh, ow, ooh, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I, yeah, they yeah. could have done take two. And they try to, they try to implement like horror type moments in yeah. the film, mm-hmm. which I get. It's a, it's supposed to be like a tense thriller, right? Yeah. Uh, but 
these jump scares are just stupid. <laughs> There's like a sea snake that jumps out at him at oh, one point. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Queen Latifah gets squitted to death in a, or jellyfish to death in a very weird scene. Her death is is one of the strangest things I've seen in a, in a like in in what they're trying in what they're intending to do. Like they they so miss the mark. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be this horrific thing where she's like, like torn asunder essentially by just like right. thousands of jellyfish <laughs> deadly, you know, like all the, the venom and everything. And, but it's just her going at ah. like, again, more <sighs> of this, like, Oh, ow. Ooh, ah, you know, like yeah, she's like, Oh, Hey, they're getting a little friendly. They're yeah. starting to get through oh, my suit. I can feel them on my ow. skin. Ow, ow. You know, and, and, Owie. and yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Owie is, is, is what I'm, I guess I was trying to get at. <laughs> Um, yeah, like the, the movie is filled, maybe not filled, but it has plenty of those moments yeah. that are just, I get that there's supposed to be a strangeness to what's happening down here. Yeah. Right. And they do address why are jellyfish down here? They shouldn't be down here. And then they also point out, this isn't even like a real jellyfish. It's just like a weird thing. They play it for almost like a shark attack. It's weird. <laughs> And about like the jellyfish and whether or not they should be down there. Are they talking about like the they, jellyfish wouldn't be there? Yeah, this I guess deep? they don't live that deep or okay. something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Because I remember when I was a kid, like learning about, um, you know, just like uh, the, the, the deeper part of the ocean, how when you get down that far, like the sun doesn't even shine down right. there. You know, it's just total blackness forever. Yeah. And there's creatures down there that like people haven't even encountered yet. Yeah. You know, there's plenty. Yeah. Species we don't know about. Um, and as, uh, as, as the years have gone on and like, you know, James Cameron and all the other rich assholes have gone down there and they're <laughs> submersibles. And, he had know. more people in that submersible than they have in this <laughs> yes, whole base down here. True. Come on. I know. Right? <laughs> He's a better explorer than the U S military. <laughs> than Peter Coyote. That's for sure. James Cameron would have caught ET. Yes. Yeah. No question. <laughs> He's a vigilant bastard. Too. Yes, he yes. is. Um, but yeah, they, they they get down there, um, and like Dustin Hoffman has to kind of admit to Samuel Jackson that they're down there because of his his, his bullshit report. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it occurred to me too, like how often that must happen, like actually in oh yeah, you know scenario where, where plenty they, they ask for for a scholarly report and you just give them a bunch of bullshit and you know that's that you right. Know? That um, must be a great job to have. I mean, he said that they paid him $35,000. Made the down report. payment on his house, yes. he said. Yes. And I imagine at that time frame, he got a really nice house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Right. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Harry is Samuel Jackson. He's yep. the mathematician. And he, tell, he tells him, I, I forgive you, but not for Ted, which is Lee Schreiber's character. That which is, is kind of funny. Great, dude. Yeah. I, I, Samuel L. Jackson. He's, he's the bright spot of the film. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's openly hostile to Lee Schreiber in every scene. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's a great moment during this talk when him and Dustin Hoffman are like, Dustin Hoffman's trying to calm him down. And Samuel Jackson's like, he's a pain in the ass, Norman. And like, I don't know what it is that he finds so off-putting about this guy but it, it's very funny to me because i just like watching samuel yeah. jackson hate this dude i think that his character harry senses the arrogance in him yes and is just not gonna have it right right yeah yeah that, that's a, that's probably what it is he thinks it's like a, a guy who's like uh like too egotistical and, and yeah you know, right and th okay. there's even a moment when they're in the ship they're discussing their phds and how many they have yes. and when they got them 
And he received his a year before Leif Schreiber's right. first one. And he's like, you beat me by one year, man. I know. Like, he's actually like upset about that. Yeah. Like, he, like his his achievements <laughs> are lesser because like Samuel L. Jackson had a younger PhD than he did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm competitive about certain things, but not if, if someone is something like that. Look, I got a PhD when I was when, <laughs> before when I was a teenager. I, I'm golden. I'm minted. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what it was in 18 or 19. I did it. Yes. You know, whatever. Exactly. I, and I, I like that dynamic between... They're two totally different types of people, yeah. right? They're both extremely smart and extremely successful in their field. Yeah. They both have multiple PhDs by the time they were 21. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yet, Samuel Jackson doesn't give a shit. Leave Schreiber cares more about that than anything. Yeah. I, I think that he... I think that Samuel L. Jackson, like enjoys um the pursuit of knowledge yeah. and he, he he genuinely enjoys you know learning and and understanding the world whereas like Lee schreiber might be able to do all that but he's also just interested in in he's he's ambitious so what he cares about is like getting his name in print and right like his research you know doing this and like he wants to, he's there for the for the credit and right because of ego exactly um so when th- they get to the bottom of the ocean right and they they send in these top men <laughs> to the ship. Yes. And it, they don't know how it got here or why. That's why they're here, right? Right. Well, they're here because they have to communicate with an alien if there's an alien. Yes. And and the ship was like the, the way they just dis- the way the US military discovered the ship was because like fiber optic cable was being run from uh Honolulu to uh Southeast Asia. Yeah, somewhere. And like during the when they were putting it down there, like the, the cable just like split in two and they it, there was this fin on a ship. They went down, they looked oh my god. And it's yeah. it was a gigantic like spacecraft. Yeah. That I guess they've determined is three hundred years old. Right, yeah. It's been here for three hundred years. Yeah. And the, the spaceship just cut this cable in half like it was nothing, yep. right? So they get down there, and it's apparently super strong. And Leif Schreiber starts banging on it with, like, a, a, a chisel to open the door or something, and yeah. the paint chips off. Yeah. Like, the metal chips. And Samuel L. Jackson points out, hey, if this is super strong, why did it just chip when this guy bangs on it with a hammer right like good observation it's it's a good observation and it's fair because like when when peter coyote was originally explaining like the 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 strength and the 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 tensile nature of like the 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 cable being sliced in half like i I remember that they're showing the footage and there's a guy holding fiber optic cable and i thought it was like a a, some some sea life that had been (laughs) you know like but he's like he's cradling it right yeah i was like what is that i I rewound it i was like oh it's a it's a some cables why, why is he carrying it like that you know it's another it, it, like kind of you thought it was like in like entrails points yes i did coming out of some shell or i did something? i thought maybe it was yeah. like a manatee that got no i was like oh, oh that poor thing poor you know manatee right but but this that's another example of the movie like like not quite telegraphing the way it needs to right you know and the way samuel L. jackson delivers that line is kind of he's kind of uh rubbing it in his face like you guys were so sure of this but you're totally wrong. Yes. But also he wants to point out, Hey, it's a great observation. We need to, we need to know these things. Oh, of course, we need yeah. to see these things. Right. As a scientist, I have to point these out Yeah, and it's important for everyone to know. Right. But I think he does have a little bit of them. Who's like, we keep saying he's not as arrogant as the others, but I guess he is a little arrogant too. They're all, yeah. you know, I think that might come with anyone who has achieved great success. They might have some form of arrogance in them. Maybe not a ton, but there might be a little bit of it. And even if you haven't achieved great success, if you're smart, you have some arrogance because you know you're smart. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they get in the ship 
And they also point out, like, the door is about the size of a human door. So they're like, that's that's an interesting observation right there. Right, right. And the door opens, and they go in, and they're walking around. This is... There's no water in here, by the way, everybody. They yeah. go into, like, a, a dock, like a chamber, and decompress the water and everything. They get in the ship. And they start noticing weird things. They see, like, boot prints on the ground. Yeah. And stuff like that. So... This the the scene is very mysterious and done very well. It's right. like the way they're setting up the atmosphere and the mood is top notch. Yeah, agreed. Um, but they start seeing these things. Okay, why are there boot prints down here? Did someone else get in here before us and walk around? We don't know. And they even notice a trash can that says the word trash and basura on it. So it's got two languages. Two human languages yes. are on this receptacle. It's a trash can. Right. So then they're like, well, what the heck? <laughs> and then we also get Dustin Hoffman and Sharon Stone being, they split up, of course, right? Because it's a scary scene. I was so mad at that. <laughs> I, I was just like, don't split up, but okay, fine. Let's split up. And they trigger some elevator and go up to, I guess, the cockpit or something. Yeah. And there's a, a dead body in the chair and it's an actual dead human Holding a packet of smokehouse almonds. Right. <laughs> so now they're like, what the fuck's going on? How yeah. is all this human stuff here? <laughs> and they trigger some kind of computer that shows them what had happened in the logs of this spaceship. <laughs> I guess there's something called an unknown entry event yes. on the screen. Yes. And they click that. And it does like, they're in like this AR environment where the computer's flying around them through space and time and uh, stuff. Yeah. And they go through some kind of black hole. And that's what had happened, apparently. Yeah, they 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 theorized that the because the this unknown event. Um, I mean, and it makes the makes the most sense. I mean, like it explains why there's this advanced spacecraft that, right. that's three hundred years old. You yeah. know, okay, so like they they look at the the dates on the log, and and you can't tell it's it's like in uh, you know zero three twenty one forty three. That doesn't mean nineteen forty three. It could mean twenty one forty three. Right. Whatever. It, you know? Yeah. It could be five hundred years. Who knows? Yes. Right. Um, and we've we've kind of talked a good amount of smack on the movie so far, but yeah. I still I think up until this point it's still quite good. Oh, we haven't gotten to a lot of the bullshit. Exactly, and and the 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 bullshit definitely. I, I was going to say the bullshit comes later, <laughs> but the problem is the bullshit doesn't come because like we, we you just said all like think about the footprints and establishing mood yeah. and atmosphere. They do all that, but they do nothing but that. The movie is nothing but mood and atmosphere <laughs> and setup, and there is no payoff. Yes. Like yes. I, you keep one, I, I keep thinking to myself that like at some point Sharon Stone's going to turn around and like tentacles are going to come out of her face. <laughs> it never happens. Like it, it just like no one. It, Cause I mean like they, it thinks it's the thing, but you never get a reveal and you never actually at the right. end of the movie, we, we know what's quote in the sphere and we know what the sphere can do. Yeah. But it's, I, I wasn't moved by it. I, I didn't go, oh my gosh, wow, that's really something. Right. You know? The film thinks it's way more profound than it is. Thank you. That's what I was going. Exactly. <laughs> yes. There it is. Yes. It's pretentious. Uh, I think that's a perfect word for okay. it. Okay. Yes. Yes, of course. It, it really believes it's doing something. Now, now, was the book, was the story the same at least? Yes. It's, it's the same resolution. Okay. I mean- they go into more stuff. Um, okay. There's, they like fight the squid with a rocket launcher, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember exactly what happened. Okay. All but right. I think there are multiple uh, buildings down there, actually. Not okay. just the one habitat. 
I don't. I can't, it's been ages since I've read this book. Well, but, and that, and yeah. that's fine. And and I mean, like, if if there was like more thrilling action in the book, I don't need that exactly to be in the movie, right? But I just need something. Uh, th- there needs to be. If you're leading up to something this much, then you have to do something to at least you know like uh, reward your audience for what you promised them. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, like I, I like the scent. I kind of like the idea of it, which at the end, everybody, we kind of realized the sphere, I guess, manifests your thoughts and feelings. Yes. And we can't control it. I like that idea and I like that sentiment, but I think the execution is just so bad. I, I didn't understand what the execution was even trying to do for a minute because I mean, like it takes a long time for you to understand what's wrong with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And, and it's, it's actually very funny to me, not, not funny. Like I was laughing really hard, right. but I just, I like Samuel L. Jackson's performance. Um, he, he gets really detached from what's happening detached, at yes. times. Yes. And see, he seems to be aware of that too. And uncaring of it. And he's scared sometimes too. Like, like yeah. a little kid is scared. Like when, when, when uh, they put the book. The, yes. Stuff? Yeah. And when, and when like Dustin Hoffman uh, puts the squid in, in his, in his, in his <laughs> and he's like, Oh, what's this? An onion ring. I love onion rings. No, it's squid. And he just goes, Oh no. And he just start, like starts throwing this fit. And he acts like, I mean, it's, it's kind of <laughs> disarming to see because he, um, he's a, a very large guy and he, and he's commanding. Yeah, and that, that's what we're used to, right? Samuel Jackson. And he's and he's shr- uh, like sort of shrinking away to where he almost looks like he's smaller than Dustin Hoffman in that scene. Yeah, that scene reminds me so much of John Hurt and Alien. I the same like, thing. I'm like, all right, so he was like yes. something happened. He did, well, he was asleep, and right. then he woke up, and now he's like having this in the kitchen while he's eating. He's like convulsing. Uh-huh. Is Alien happening here for real? It, it's it's so <laughs> like it. It definitely knows, like the movie itself seems to know that you're you're watching an alien homage in that scene, right? You know, and and you're waiting for something as like horrific to happen because like you've seen Alien, you know what happened to John Hurt, right? And I don't need something horrific. I I, I can have it be its own thing, but it has to be something. It has to be something. <laughs> it can't just be Samuel L. Jackson getting scared. It could be like it can be philosophical and these ideas, but it has to be more than cheap jump scares and i know uh fake outs and the same scenes over and over again just <laughs> with slightly different things uh, we don't need that i know i know and like the the kind of the most adult theme in the movie is like human theme is that and i appreciated that it was in here because it's, it's a it's a real issue that needs to be discussed which is like an an older man in an academic usually yeah um who uh, like takes advantage of their female student, Yep. you know, and um, someone who's vulnerable and, you know, like it, who admires them and wants to, wants yeah. to like, you know, do, do good work for them and, and be uh, right. Um, and, you know, he, he's a married man and he, you know, takes up with her. Yeah. Um, she's still like, I'm sure he didn't ever make that right. No, he didn't. And she's obviously resentful of it. Yeah. And he is almost blaming her, I think in a way. Yeah. He's not taking any responsibility He's for very it. arrogant At the about very it. end of the film, he says, hey, I, I treated you poorly and I'm sorry for it. Yeah. Which is good, but that doesn't make up for it, dude. That was like the most yeah. heartfelt moment of Dustin Hoffman's performance in this movie. Yes. Um, and, you know, like, I, I appreciated that they at least put it in there that he actually does full on say, I apologize they for how I treated you. They did close one, like sea line story there yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> right yeah i know i know that that was nice 
Um, but like, you know what? What really sucks though for for Beth Sharon Stone's character um, is that, like, <laughs> part part of the um, I guess the qualifications for being on this mission is not only do you have to be like tops in your field, but you have to be mentally stable. Yeah, and and they go through this whole like uh, screening process even before they go to the habitat. Like they're they're still on the aircraft carrier, and they're being right. given like you know uh, tests of mental faculty. You know, um, they're being asked personal questions and all that stuff. Yeah, and um, like Sharon Stone uh, does not reveal um, that she had attempted suicide at one point, and you know that's not good. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, like it, it's it's a natural omission to make because you don't want to be right. you know, stigmatized by it. Right. Um, Dustin Hoffman, however, did know about her suicide attempt because it was partially due to his treatment of her. Yeah. You know, um, and he did not say anything. And now Peter Coyote is pissed. Um, yes. <laughs> and his freak out over Sharon Stone's mental state is so out of line and he's such a prick about it. Yes. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, Harry told me all about you. Oh, yeah. God. What? Uh, oh, dude. Come and, on. And and that actually, that scene where, where Peter Coyote confronts Sharon Stone about her records, it seems to start in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> and it feels cropped in a weird, in a weird way. Like, yeah. Because this should be a major moment in the film, and it's only about 30 seconds long. Yeah. Um, to me, this was one of the most obvious instances of like a deleted scene or a scene that was edited with no regard for continuity. I mean, this is a big moment. Yeah. He's actually like, they're sitting in that same kitchen with the, the John Hurt thing. Yeah. And like, it just, it, it, the, the scene starts, Peter Coyote is just glaring at her and she's yeah. like sitting there. They've obviously had a long conversation that we weren't privy to. And they're splicing in clips of other people around the what base talking about what is bullshit. This? Yes. This is Barry Levinson. Are they trying to like create some kind of like forward momentum, like tension by cutting these scenes together and stuff? It's not working. It's if not, they are, it's not working. No, it, it just makes it hard to follow, and yeah. it, you don't get any of the feeling that they're trying to convey to you. I guess this movie, you have to watch it six hundred times <laughs> to, to really understand it. <laughs> I should re-edit. Yes. Do right. the Scott cut. I mean, can you imagine all of a sudden all those, all those extra footage of, of like James Pickens and, and then there's like an extended version of this scene. Huey and, Lewis like picks him up at the end of the movie. <laughs> and they go to an O's game, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> he lands in the field. That's right. Okay. Here we are. Camden Yards. All right. Um, God, Huey Lewis in this movie. Everybody. I know. Um, and there's like so many, like I mentioned it with Leif Schreiber too, like where he's just like making these massive assumptions, like those jellyfish won't hurt you. Yeah, I know. Like when they find the sphere, Petey, Peter, Cut Petey, Peter, Peter Coyote, Coyote <laughs> PC says, this must be what the ship was designed for to go out and bring back stuff like this. <laughs> How do you fucking know? This could be the engine. Oh. You have no idea. I know. I know. That's true. Right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Are you talking about the sphere itself? When they find the sphere okay. in the ship. Yeah. They all go there and see it and marvel at it. Yeah. And he says that. Yes. That's um, a big jump, Peter Coyote. <laughs> right. It could be. Yeah, it, that's right. It could be the life force of the thing. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, and like, I think that the sphere itself is, uh, uh, it, it's impressive enough, I, I guess. I think it's cool. Yeah. It's just kind of floating there. Yeah. 
it's they're in space, not being suspended by anything. Right. And it's this glowing, almost like mercury coated orb. Yeah. It's probably, I don't know, maybe like 20 feet tall. Yes. Something like that. Um, and Leif Schreiber says, you know, this is probably a perfect sphere if you measured it with, you know, a yeah. micrometer or whatever. Right. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, but Peter Coyote just assuming this is an alien artifact and this is why we went into outer space is so weird. Oh, well, okay. Now now I see what you're, what you're getting at. I, I, I have to tell you, I, I, think, I think that's an okay deduction to, okay. to make. Just because if, if I saw a 20-foot... A golden <laughs> sphere, uh, shimmering like that in the middle okay. of this of this spacecraft. I mean, yeah, I, I might I might also think that it, it's actually powering the thing, but I it, like it may, it maybe okay. it's not the the. Um, maybe I should cut him some slack. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I don't th- know. this is one instance where Peter Coyote is is, right, is Barnes like, gets some slack. Yes, there you go. Um, right, <laughs> but what's great about it is Dustin Hoffman says, you know what, guys, how come it's reflecting everything except us? Yes, which is yeah. That's an awesome observation. And that was another another moment where I was like, oh man, oh yeah. Exactly, you know, right? like this is cool. The intrigue right. is up. Yes. And it's more build and still it, it doesn't <laughs> we're, really we're come almost anything. there, Dave. Right, exactly. Yes. All yes. you got to do is wait an hour and 46 more minutes <laughs> and nothing will and make you feel better. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> I, I I will not have closure. You know, and I and I've accepted it now that the movie's over. But while I was, go- while I was the movie tries what? to give you closure, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know, it's it's well, it, it's kind of an achievement, really. Yeah. Um. So we get a scene of this is when Harry kind of starts to go off the deep end. Yes. Samuel Jackson. There's a scene of he and Dustin Hoffman are getting ready for bed or something, and they're getting ready to go up to the surface because there's no aliens down here. They're the alien contact team. Yeah. Time to go home. Bring in the guns, you right? Know, right. What, or or the pe- the other scientists, the military. They're getting ready to go home. Everyone's happy except Leif Schreiber, who wants to keep studying. You know, yes. Because um, so they're getting ready to go up. Samuel Jackson's like, you know, we're all gonna die down here, which is such a compelling statement yeah. to make, yeah. Especially from someone as intelligent as this character we've right. come to know, uh, that he is just. Flat out saying, hey, we're going to die down here. Right. To Dustin Hoffman. And he's like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. And he goes, yeah, if uh, we're going to go up and tell everybody about this stuff and it's going to be the biggest discovery ever, how come when the spaceship found this black hole, it doesn't know what it is? It's an unknown entry. It, that means we never go up. That means we die. <laughs> Just a matter of deductive logic is what he says. Yes. Which is true. Yes. Yeah, he, he's he's essentially saying that it's not even about profundity. It's just like I did the math, and yeah, we're gonna die, you know. Yeah, um, and for him, for for the guy who like has kind of been established as he's like the most level headed, you know, yeah. and and he's not only like great academic achievements, but he's also like just a a, a practical guy, yeah. you know. Um, for him to say it, it's like it's not it's not like the a guy who's like um. Uh, a rogue who, who says this kind of stuff all the right. time. He just makes this observation and you're like, oh crap, he might be right. Right. You know? And and that's what, I think that's what elevates the sense of dread. Yes. It's because, it's because this character is the one saying it. And then um, he expresses extra curiosity about the sphere. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, okay, well, what's this mean? He and says, I want to, I want to, I wish I can get inside that sphere. Yeah. Is that what he says? Yeah. And then it fades to black again. Yes. And says, the sphere. The sphere. <laughs> I 
okay. Now, when you do this, when you fade to black and you say the deep or, you know, the shuttle or in this case, the sphere and the movie is called sphere. This needs to be a very dramatic scene. And I will give it some credit in that, like when Samuel L. Jackson does commune with the sphere, mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool effect. Yeah. Um, but I still was left wanting more. Yes. Because when he comes out of it, um, he's just kind of behaving strangely. Yeah. And he's like you said about being detached. Um, it's a good performance from Samuel Jackson because he's just a good actor, but like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird thing because just like the movie Samuel Jackson is promising you something's coming by him like having this uh, like very stoic demeanor yeah and uh, always walking stiff and like just like paging through the book uh, with never blinking you're thinking he's gonna he's gonna do something something's gonna happen exactly it <laughs> never happens it ladies and gentlemen it never happens <laughs> Yeah, the book we keep talking about is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yes. There, I guess there's a copy down there. He's been reading it the whole right. time. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it's... The effect, like you said, is awesome. Because yeah. he, he's standing in front of the sphere, and he's marveling at it, smiling. And then his reflection kind of appears in front of him, like, coming out of the sphere yeah. onto the surface of the sphere, which is cool. And then it rises up to the top of the sphere. Some, yes. I Somehow communing with it is the perfect way to say it. Mm -hmm. And then his physical form is gone. Right. And everyone on looking at the cameras is like, where'd he go? We don't know what happened. And then Dustin Hoffman manages to run to the ship in a couple seconds. And everyone's trying to stop him, but he's able to get his suit on and jump in the water and get in the ship before being stopped. Dude, I mean. I'm like, really? This movie? I mean. People get in and out of their wetsuits so quickly and like and just like they, they leave the They're habitat. They're like the Power Rangers. They're I know. Just, you know. Power up real quick <laughs> and they exactly get out there. Dude. Go, go, Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> man. It's just like, I, I can't believe how easy it is for everybody to like move about this way. I mean, like if you're on this mission, it's a probably pretty controlled environment. Yeah. And you can't just go swimming. No. That, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and... That's something that really bugs me. Yeah. Like, Peter Coyote is like, no, don't go. And he, like, runs after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's like, how did he not stop him? There's no way. No, I know. And if there was an attempt, like, he closed the door, locked it or something. We don't see that. And at that moment. It's missing. If he, if that, if that's what happened. Well, you said it's missing. (laughs) It's just, they just cropped it out. If, like, Dustin Hoffman, um, like physically went out the door and then like slammed it behind him to, to like escape Peter yeah. Coyote. Well, that's the end of the mission. <laughs> that's it. Right. The, the, if, if all this stuff is like classified and he's this high up in the military, right. He's yeah. got to like radio up right now. Hey, this guy's a loose cannon. I need him out of here. Right. You and know? I think what happens here also is they get detached from the surface because there's a storm coming. Oh my gosh. Yes. So the circumstances are just perfect for this to happen. Yes. Like you said, he can't send him up now. Right. Cause they're, they're cut off. There's a tsunami up on the surface. That's right. Yes. It's convenient. <laughs> I know. I, I know that there's, there's a, a, a like huge storm in the middle of the ocean. And like it's they, they, they say that it's like, you know, 10 times like an F5 tornado. I'm like, listen, everybody, <laughs> you know, if it's that powerful, you know, you'd all be dead. But but OK, okay. I know you're a thousand feet below the surface, but come on. I think it would stretch that far. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, they get cut off, and this is when all the crazy stuff starts happening that we've talked about already, right? Yeah. Like, like 
the jellyfish kill Queen Latifah because she's got to go reset some submarine that goes up to the surface right. with their tapes. Right. She has to do it every 12 hours. Um, so she goes out and gets killed by jellyfish. Right. Then they examine her and what happened. And then the other person down there gets out and killed by something. And <laughs> all right, so what's happening? I know. Like, right. <laughs> people just keep dropping like flies. Well, and it's not a big enough deal. Right. Like, even the characters don't seem to mind that. I mean, right. like, I, I remember when... Uh, who, which, which character was it who reacts to Queen Latifah's death with, um, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, Queen Latifah died. Oh, she did? Really? How? Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Which makes okay, sense because he's sense. detached. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. That, that... But he does seem authentically concerned, though. Um, it's like, what happened? I guess jellyfish. That, I, yeah, that's true. A little bit, yeah. but he's still detached. Yeah, he at is. the same time. He is. And, and I guess that, that that was probably what I was reacting to in the moment, which was like I didn't fully grasp what happened to him in the sphere. So now I get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also around this time, like some weird codes start coming up on the computer screen. Right? Yes. Yes. We like after all these the weird murders and things are happening, right. there's computer contact. Yes. is happening, and they try to get leave Schreiber to like fix the computer for some reason. Yeah. Like the screensaver won't turn off. Like they get this guy to do it. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's probably good with computers. I would well, imagine. Yeah, I mean, he's an astrophysicist. Yeah. So he yeah. probably knows programming language and, and yeah. he, you know, understand he's probably written several algorithms. Yeah. yeah right. Um, but Samuel Jackson walks in and like, is immediately like, Hey, uh, try this, try that. Yeah. And they decode it. Right. right? And they work together. They're like, oh, yeah, hey, we got this. Put it around the sphere. The keyboard wraps around the sphere. Then you spiral out from the center key, and we figured it out. That is one hell of a, a, a conclusion to jump to. I mean, it's a little ridiculous. Yes. I mean, I guess that you're you're encountering these kinds of riddles all day in your I, work, right. maybe. I, I don't know. I'm giving it a pass. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's kind of a bullshit pass. It is, you yes. Know? Um, because I don't need to see five minutes of them decoding shit. No, no. I don't need that. Not the, when it's this long already and there's missing scenes. Oh my gosh. The, the whole, the whole, th yes, it's 135 <laughs> minutes and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and yet they, they, they make you sit through this computer decoding thing where, where there's like, I mean, when you watch Darren Aronofsky's pie, I'm okay with a long printout from an MS DOS, you know, yeah. like machine that, that that tells me about a number, but not when I'm watching Sphere. I, I don't need that part of it. And like when you even, it was a miracle to me when when they <laughs> when when they showed like the interface and and you see after Lee Schreiber makes that deduction of like oh yeah it just goes out from the from the and you see like the the keyboard starts yeah. to light up in red I'm like oh god oh thank god it, they're actually decoding it and we're gonna get what the computer's trying to tell right us. you're like all right minimal bullshit is yes, happening exactly now. there's yes. no more right okay <laughs> now we know um, and it turns <laughs> out that the computer is like it's it's the alien entity it's the sphere it's the sphere yes and it, and it's now trying to communicate with with us and he, it's identifying they think it's identifying itself as a man named jerry yeah when they decode it and yes. they run it through the code through their cipher on the screen it pops up hello how are you i am fine what is your name my name is jerry yep which is interesting yeah i mean i find it intriguing it's like okay wow yeah uh something is communicating with them because it's not yeah. quite like it's 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 human contact and, and it, it sounds like it's you in know, their language yeah exactly a facsimile of human communication but it's obviously like there there's some things that are weird about it. right and 
I love Peter Coyote's reaction. He's like, this alien sounds like an idiot. Yes, I know. That's that's the first thing he says. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think the alien can hear you. Yeah. You and know? then Samuel L. Jackson points out, it's actually perfect. It's non-threatening. It's simple. If you were communicating with someone, that's what you'd want to do. Yes. It makes sense. Yes. He's not an idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then... Jerry says, I am happy at one point. Yes. And Dustin Hoffman points out, you know, I wish he didn't have emotions because what happens when he gets mad? And that's another big like, bum, bum. Oh, yeah, yeah. Moment. You know, and um, it was another time where the movie tricked me. Yeah? Because I I was still with it. I was still willing to give it a shot. And and when it kind of went like, you know, it had that that moment of tension of like, what if it gets mad? I was like, oh, yeah. What if it gets mad? Right. We've put up with some bullshit, but you're like, all right, here's another glimpse of hope right here. Like, okay, we're we're still going somewhere. Yes. And it eventually does get super mad. And and it does like there. I guess there is one semi payoff, which is that like, you know, a bunch of uh, chaos starts happening eventually. Yeah. But but it's still it's not fully fatal chaos. Right. You know, I mean, we have had fatalities here, but well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, the chaos you're talking about is the, the, the giant squid attack, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. There's like two moments of a, a giant squid fake out attack. Like this is what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> you yes. don't need a fake attack no. and then a real attack. No. Come on. The, the, what if in Citizen Kane, he was like, I'm going to buy the paper. Well, maybe not. <laughs> okay i'll buy it yes. yeah i know what no know. that's horrible no that, that's people. bullshit come on you, you can't like <laughs> when people fart around in movies like that <laughs> yes. i'm just like it, it's so unacceptable yes. you know <laughs> just get to the point exactly which the movie can't do um because like even the reveal like you, you revealed it earlier about what it actually does mm-hmm. and at the in the moment i i was like Oh, I was kind of like it was almost like the Vince McMahon meme where I was like, like kind oh, of yes, the right. open mouth. Yeah. Yes. And and I was like gradually getting more intrigued, <laughs> but like except I never got to the end where like he falls back in the chair because yeah, right, like yeah. that that just doesn't happen like because it, it's promising you so much. <laughs> and, and even when the reveal happens of like what the sphere does and like you said about it, how it manifests things, uh manifests your fears and everything. I was like that's kind of interesting. It is. Um, but the execution of it is so ham fisted and even, even the most impressive part of it where they're like kind of in the, the escape pod, but they're seeing something different, right? They believe they're in the spaceship, but they're physically in the escape submarine, right? Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, that's, that's actually kind of something, but if they know that this isn't real and all they got to do is just hit the gas, which they eventually do. I was like. So that's how they beat it. They just pretended they weren't seeing what they were seeing. <laughs> Got it. I guess they overcame it. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, yeah. But that, doesn't that mean they could control the power? They would seem to be that Which, way. Yeah. Actually, they—that's how the movie ends. They do have the control, and they decide. Spoiler, right? They for, they decide to forget the power. Yes. So that means they did have control over the power because the the forgetting at that moment the, the 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 forgetting and the overcoming of the power is literally them just gr- in a group joining hands, closing their eyes and saying, "Let's forget this." Yep. Which that exercise seems like not much effort to defeat what it was supposed to be this omnipotent being, you know? Yeah. Um, that could cause this much chaos. Right. Yeah. But um, was it really a bean or was it somehow like channeling us 
and into the sphere or something and then projecting out us. We were the ones doing it and the sphere was almost like a tool that allowed it to happen. It was like a, it's like a microwave, man. It's a tool okay, yeah. that we use, yes. but we don't know how to use it. Well, okay, and and in that way, I guess the movie has something going for it because like I think that Dustin Hoffman makes uh makes some kind of proclamation like in relation to what you were just saying where like whether or not the human psyche was ready for for the gift. Right, yeah. Know? He even says like, "Hey, you know, if the four of us well-educated intelligent people yeah. cannot handle this, imagine what other people would do." Yes. Imagine right. how that would play out. Right. right. If all we did was the worst things possible and we're probably some of the better people in the world. Yeah. Although Dustin Hoffman, you're a fucking creep for uh, what you did. Well, exactly. To Sharon Stone. Yeah, exactly. Cause you're still a bad guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but like he, he's, I guess like essentially saying that like someone with their mental right. acumen, you know? And I think they even mentioned like, we can't let the military get this. It'd yes. be like a super weapon. Yeah, of you course. Know? Right. Or they'd probably just destroy the entire planet. Right. And kill everyone on it. Right. Which is probably what would happen. Well, <laughs> that, that's what they always do. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, and I, I, I guess I guess I admire the movie for that particular um, like philosophical point. Um, yeah, and, and it's probably the most interesting aspect of the conclusion is that like when he just makes that speech about how we're we're I think he, at one point he just looks at he looks at Sharon Stone and goes God we're so primitive yeah you know yeah um, and it was like this great thing of like oh yeah I, I, yeah human beings we 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 think that we're the center of the universe yeah. and we are so like just a speck. You right. know? And and that's like why I say I I like the whole sentiment of it. Yeah. It's just it's just not done well. And it's kind of throughout the movie we were forced into this position where we couldn't resolve it in any good way. Yes. Because of the things that were happening and the way they did it. It just it started out great and just this is like just a rolling down a hill disaster. Like it starts <laughs> yes. really good. I know. It's going up a mountain, right? To get to the peak. And like maybe halfway up, your your tire your brakes just go out on your vehicle and you go crashing back down. Right, like right. that's what this film is, man. <laughs> I mean, think about like a movie that you recommended to me like ten years ago, The Man from Earth. Yes, you know, um, it's literally just a bunch of people sitting, in, you know, like in front of a fireplace uh, having a conversation for you know ninety minutes. Yep. Um, and you know, th there's a lot going on in the movie and there's a big, you know, there's the movie is full of big reveals. Yeah. Like it's just, that's all it is. It's just like, you know, one thing on top of another, like one more, um, like kind of mind blowing, uh, Oh my God, no, are you serious? And then yeah. like more revelations and like that, that movie can do that with just like a small cast and one room mm -hmm. and blow you away like that. While this movie, you have to wait two hours and 10 minutes to get to that Dustin Hoffman speech. Um, yeah. and it didn't really earn the speech because it didn't show you what, what human beings weren't capable of exactly. Yeah. You know, right. Um, it, it's kind of shocking. Yeah. It's, it makes me, I was going to say like sad, but it, it's just more frustrating that yes, there's a lot of potential here. Yes. Like I said, I like the book. And adaptations can't be exactly the same for the most part. They they just usually can't. No, when no. you're changing the medium of the storytelling, it just doesn't apply. They're two different art forms, right? But man, the there's just wasted potential yep. with this movie. Yep. 
Which unfortunately happens to tons of films. I mean, I know there's always some kind of good idea in almost every film. <laughs> I, th- I think we've talked off air about it. Like I sit here around, you know, like critiquing films. Uh, we do it on a on a weekly podcast, and I'm always making fun of stuff. Hey, <laughs> it's more than I did. You know, right. they made a film I didn't. <laughs> so so like uh, they have achieved a lot more than I ever exactly. have. Exactly. You know, I, I get that. Exactly. Um, right. But like you said, th- there are good ideas everywhere. Even like the worst movie you've ever seen, someone someone. It was the vision of somebody, yeah. you know? Yeah. Can we first talk about Leave Schreiber's puppet? Oh, my gosh. Yes, <laughs> please. Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, the, the, Jerry gets mad, right? Yeah. And he starts attacking the base. This yes. is the squid attack we've been talking about. <laughs> and, like, to, to stop the squid, you can pull a lever and, like, electrify the base. Yeah. Under the water. Yeah. And not hurt yourself, I guess. Right. I don't know. Right. But Peter Coyote says, if you pull the lever, it'll get rid of the squid, but it'll probably start a fire. And there's some bullshit tension between Dustin Hoffman and Sharon Stone where she's like, it's got to start a fire and we're all going to die. And he's like, we're all going to die anyway. And they argue for like 80 minutes of this movie. It just, I mean, and, and in this scene, when, when the chamber is filling Ugh. with water. I know, and there's water on your feet. I know. And then he pulls it, and everything's fine. And he says, see, you don't have to be right all the time to her. Right. All right, dude. Right, I know. Shut I up. Know. I know, I know. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Shut up is the word. Exactly. <laughs> Shut <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> You've done enough to this woman, man. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Um. And then fires do start, and Leif Schreiber falls down and gets trapped, and he's looking down through this, like, I don't know, it's like a open steel walkway or something. Yeah. He's looking down to the lower level and there's flames that hit like a propane take or probably oxygen. I imagine. Yeah. And you see his face like, no. And it blows up and these flames come up through the ground and you see his like corpse, like getting blown up and down in the air (laughs) while the flames hit only his head. And like his arms are just out to the side in a T pose. Like it's he looks like he's made of styrofoam. Like yes. bound, this paper mache leave Schreiber it's is going great. up and down. I, I, it's horrible looking. I, I know why CGI <laughs> is used all the time these days. It's because of stuff like this. Yeah. Because of, yeah. of you know unconvincing effects. You know, it's horribly it, bad. It's not good. Yeah. Um, and. Like, <laughs> I, I, d- does does the puppet land on Dustin Hoffman at one point? We don't know because they cut and then Dustin Hoffman blames himself. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, we it, have th- no there's, idea. Th- there's no real. Th- there's no aftermath of his death. <laughs> no, it's just him talking to Jerry. Yes, saying, "Hey, Jerry, I, you have to leave me alone. I feel bad. I didn't do anything. I froze. The script said I did." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And the Jerry says to him, why are you calling me Jerry? Mm -hmm. And then that's another moment of intrigue where we're like, what does he mean by that? Right. And then Dustin Hoffman with all his, you know, cryptographer knowledge. Yes. His re deciphers the code. (laughs) He's Robert Graysmith all of a sudden. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And figures out it's not Jerry. It's Harry. Samuel L. Jackson is Harry. Can can I tell you what happened when that when that reveal happened? Did you spit soda across the room? Uh, <laughs> you know, almost. <laughs> okay, it was less dramatic than that. Uh, but I I simply I did le- you sigh? I legitimately did like a head and hands. Thing. Oh, like like I I just like like full face palm. <laughs> I, I I was so amazed when Dustin Hoffman this this uh, don't you see 
Jerry is Harry. We had it wrong. <laughs> it's Harry. And then like you cut to Samuel L. Jackson reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's very much of a, of a big reveal. Like, you know, right. oh my God. So is, is Samuel Jackson the computer? Is that what they're telling us? Right. Is he the sphere now? Yes. Like, is, what's is, happening? Yeah, right. He went in there. He went in the sphere, right? right? So he must be doing all this. Oh, man. And by the way, I love logic puzzles. Yeah. I love deciphering codes. I know it's you do. It's fun. Yeah. Um, the, the letters would mess up the rest of the sentence if you changed it to Harry. <laughs> So it wouldn't, it makes no sense. It doesn't fit. You're right. Yeah. I don't have a PhD in this, but. I've seen you solve a Rubik's Cube in like less than five minutes though. So I know you're good at this stuff. Yes. Less than one minute. Less than one minute. Holy shit. I can't do it anymore. Okay. I can't solve it at all anymore. I forgot how to do it. Oh yeah, that's right. It was 2008 when I watched you do that. That's right. (laughs) It was 10 years after this film came out, Dave. Right. I, I one time tried to impress two girls at a party by doing that. Okay. And I couldn't do it. You struck out? And I got mad and threw the Rubik's Cube on the ground. Wow. And that ruined my chances more. Well, it probably ruined your whole evening. Yeah. You know, thinking that I had any chance in the first place with a <laughs> Rubik's Cube was probably not an accurate deduction. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that was a stretch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was in the sphere right. at that moment. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah. Now they know Harry's the bad guy, I guess. Right. right. Or he's he's something. Yeah. And and like I, I liked I, I do enjoy watching Dustin Hoffman uh speak softly to things, uh whether it's a computer screen yeah, yeah. or a, someone in yeah, the witness stand. It's good. It's always good. Yeah. Um and it's like when he's treading lightly with somebody. It's yeah. it's always kind of, you know, cool to watch. Yeah. Um and when he kind of figures this out. He tra- he's kind of like trying to to under- make Sharon Stone understand what's happening. Yeah. Um, like they still have that 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 rift between them because of what happened previously. And um, how did they figure out that what's happening to them is because of Samuel Jackson being scared of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? I think it's just because the a squid attacks at that page oh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. book. And in that book, in the one they have here, there's no more... There's no words after that yes. page. It ends right then. And he had said, Samuel Jackson had said previously that he could never get past page 87 because it was too scary. Yeah. And so like on page 87 of this paperback, like a uh, copy of the book, there's right. it's all white pages. Yeah. After so, page 87. And they, they deduce, he went in the sphere and then all of a sudden this book's here and it doesn't have those pages. Like this is all being manifested by him yes. somehow. Yes. So, so they knock him out and... Sharon Stone, for some reason, tells Dustin Hoffman, it's just you and me, babe. And, and Oh, that's right. And then right. Dustin Hoffman's like, you and me, babe? And they're like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What? I forgot about that. He Wow, man. He, he like manipulated you hard <laughs> yes, for. Yes. It's pretty well, gross. Yeah. Right. Um, and then this is where she tries to like kill him because there's sea snakes or something in the bathroom. I, whatever. I don't know. It's a, okay. It's another of these weird scene transitions because this is when Sharon Stone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is attacked by those snakes. Yes. They, they look like giant earthworms almost. It, yes. They, they go up his legs. They're, yes. And he falls on the ground and they're right. in his shirt. Right. And he's trying to grab it. And she walks in and stands over him and just grabs these two snakes in each hand and kind of condescendingly says to him, there's, there's, they're only nocturnal. They're only dangerous at night. You didn't know that? 
it that, makes that's no, how it came off, it right? Makes, yeah, I, and it makes no sense I'm like, either. Really? I, I, I don't understand what if if a, if a snake is venomous, it doesn't matter that it's not right. turtle. It, I, I, when this scene ends, there was there was a scene between this one and the next one because it's just like the the transition happens where Dustin Hoffman is rescued from the snakes and then he's just walking down a hallway, <laughs> like almost like whistling to himself, like like none of this ever happened, and. <laughs> From there, Sharon Stone traps him in in the lab. She's like, you went in the sphere, and this is, you're doing this now, so yes. you need to knock yourself out. Yeah. And this is when he escapes through the hatch, and water gets in, and then he, he like, finds Jar Jar Banks and gets the breather, <laughs> yes. and then gets back in from underneath the hatch, and Sharon Stone opens the door, and the water gets in, but they don't drown, and it's just more bullshit. Uh-huh. And then Harry's awake again or something. I don't know. There's a scene when they're all in like the galley, the three of them. Yeah. And he's, this is, he's like accusing her of not like being there for him or something. Well, yeah. She, cause he, he said, you tried to kill me. You try. There's that. But then also he goes outside. This is probably earlier. See, see folks, this movie is all over the place. Well, yeah, we've got some events out of sequence. Yeah. Which maybe might have been the intended order of the movie, but like, I have no idea. Because this thing is out of order. Right, right. And I think earlier, she was supposed to watch him while he reset the sub, I think is it. Oh, yeah. And he got scared, and she couldn't help him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Because she went to the spaceship to look for food, is what she says. Yeah. In this galley. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. I like Sharon Stone. I think she's a good actor. But she's horrible in this scene. She's trying to defend herself, mm-hmm. and I think it just falls flat. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Yeah. And I think I think they filmed this whole scene and sp- split it into two different parts of the movie also, which you can tell. It's yeah. It's so weird. And Harry is kind of antagonizing her, like pitting Dustin Hoffman against, right. against her. Right. You know? This is like, where the, par- this is the, par- the paranoia yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just really stupid. I guess movie language tells you that like Sharon Stone is not the bad guy. Yeah. Like, and that, that, uh, that Samuel L. Jackson is like, you know, um, doing all this, this manipulation. I mean, right. you, you, it's one of those moments where you go, okay, Dustin Hoffman, if you weren't an idiot, you'd understand <laughs> yes. that he's doing this to like, you know, uh, to, so he can uh, kill you. God, you know? Yeah. And he's just like, I guess he's taking out his pent up frustration with their relationship. Yeah. Out on her right now because of all this. He he's he has no reason at least I don't think he should be this upset about it. Harry saved him. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's crossing a line here with how mad he is with her. Oh, absolutely it's, because I mean he has no right to to be he's he has no right to be this right. mad. She I mean, even says, "Well, Harry said he was going to take over for me." Right. Yeah. And and Dustin Hoffman doesn't say, "Well, hey, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell me that, Harry?" Yeah. Yeah. You said she disappeared. Right. Right. It's it's just so poorly structured and put together. Yeah, and it's just another bullshit moment in the film yeah. that we keep keep bringing up. And it's I guess we're almost at the end. We're almost done with it, Dave. I know. Thank God. God. Oh my I'm god. I'm tired Exhale. of all this bullshit. <laughs> yes, I am too. Right. <laughs> Oh. I know. Uh, yeah, this this movie was 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 tough to get through. I have to tell yeah. you. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What what happens next? Um, do they do they realize what's happening? All three of them. Yes. They realize that they all three must have gone into the sphere without realizing it. 
And 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 that's a weird thing because like was there a deleted scene when Sharon Stone went into the sphere? I don't know. Uh, um, it's hard to say. Maybe she because she lied about going in the sphere yes. earlier. Apparently, yes. Uh, I I you I know thought but, it was the other way around. You know what, you're, you're the I, the sphere. I'm the ex- expert. I'm the right. sphere head. Here. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, what what do I? I'm know? pretty sure she told him she went in. Okay. To make him mad, and then later she says, "I lied. I just wanted to make you mad." So then how did and she then, get sphere powers? She must have went in. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck this movie, man. I, I and, uh, This PG-13 1998 horse shit. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh, man. Um, yeah, because we do see Samuel Jackson go in explicitly. We see him vaporize and disappear, right? Yeah. And Dustin Hoffman, we see his reflection appear like Samuel Jackson's. Yes. So we can safely assume he also got sphered. <laughs> But we never see anyone else. Right. <laughs> I, I saw two spherings, you know. Exactly. Um, so I, if Sharon Stone, what, like, got the treatment at some point, okay, fine. It explains why she's also having these weird visions. And, yeah. You know, and, and w- when they do try to make their escape, like we referenced earlier, the, it makes sense that she's now seeing the the long corridor and everything. Right. Where, where the controls are supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so they realize they all went in. And they realize they all are manifesting this, and they they deduce that this is what happened to the spaceship. They all got the sphere. The whole crew went mad and murdered each other. Yeah, and or the, or their manifestations killed each other. Right, um, and that's what happened. Right, but they they went through a black hole though. Right, so didn't that kill? I don't know. I mean, the, well, the stupid. the whole thing with the black hole is almost like it ended up being kind of a MacGuffin, you know, because like yeah. what, what's really important is that the sphere drove them all to kill each other. But just because they were, you know, men from the future didn't really matter. Yeah. In the end, it didn't matter. Right. You know, it, it was, matter. it was just a, a, a kind of a mysterious aspect in, of, in of the, yeah. the, the ship being where it, where it was. Right. Yeah. In the end, this movie doesn't matter. <laughs> well said, <laughs> yes. Um, so they're like, okay, we, we need to just, I don't know. We're all going to die. I don't know. And we need to not think about stuff. I don't know. They all know what's happening now. Yeah. Yeah. And then Beth thinks about the explosives that she had actually placed earlier. I forgot about the fucking (laughs) explosives. I forgot about the fucking explosives. And she's like, oh no, all I did was think about it. And it, and it appeared like, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's what happens. The the, the fucking sphere uh, flies out of the ocean, a big gold ball. And everybody's like, acts like they're mystified by it. It, 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 when it happens, it's so just like, that's what's going on at the end of this thing is the sphere flies away. Who gives a shit? Yeah, they escape the explosion, right? They that's escape right. the Panther that's, explosives. Yes, the, the Panther explosives go yeah. off. Yes. They all escape. They get to the surface. They're in a decompression room and they are all like, well, what are we going to do? The army's coming to talk to us now. They didn't talk to us right away. They waited three days. Yeah. Now they're going to talk to us. Right. Um, let's, let's just forget we already touched on this yes. plenty earlier. We're good. Yes. Let's hold hands and forget. <laughs> and they do. And as they're forgetting, the sphere rises out of the ocean and flies in outer space. And some fucking Gene Roddenberry music starts playing. I was <laughs> exactly. like, are you kidding me? Exactly. I couldn't believe it. And you know, the thing is like Elliot Goldenthal is like one of my favorite composers working. He's great. He's great. Um, and I really enjoyed his score on like Julie Tamer's Titus and with interview with the vampire. Excellent stuff. I mean, he specializes in sumptuous dramatic music, yeah. but like, like th- there's this horn ensemble it, in this movie. It feels like Forrest Gump learned a lesson. Yes, I know. I know. I couldn't yes. believe when I saw it was Elliot Gold. I was like, what? Yeah. 
that's yours <laughs> you know holy crap dude <laughs> oh man yeah uh and yeah. that's it yeah at least there's no title card that says like oh the, yeah the end i, I, I guess panther, <laughs> brought you by panther explosives <laughs> brought you by panther explosives get that now right <laughs> Jesus wow Christ. yeah oh man um <laughs> yeah everybody i mean i think at the end of this discussion dave yeah we really just were all over the place. And I think I it's know. because that's how the film was made. It, it occurred to me, too, that like there was a moment during our discussion where our discussion was more interesting than the film. Which can oh, I happen, guarantee you. you know, um, but like you said, yeah, it was all over the shop because like this movie makes it. it it's not that it has a plot that doesn't make sense. It's that the, the plot never had a chance to make sense because the filmmaking didn't allow it to. Yeah. Think of how many times we listened to our Hayes Code episode before we actually put it out there. <laughs> yes. Like, to the point where, like, even before, you know, like, I mean, it, it was it was legitimately, like, 10 or 15 times that we, yeah. we both sat down and did that. And that must happen, like, exponentially with, with a movie. Oh, yeah. Um, the director and everybody all in the crew, they, they all sit down and they watch it nonstop. I mean, and they, like, I understand if a bad movie gets released. But like a movie that like le- legit doesn't make sense, you yeah. know, I I just can't believe nobody raised their hand. I mean, you know, I, I yeah, crazy. They they like they bit off more than than they could chew with this movie. Yes. Like the profundity of it, they couldn't achieve that right with what they did. Right. At least that's true. And I felt like they just crammed in what they had right. to try to make some kind of semblance of something happening. Yes. Um, man, yeah, it it it's a shame, man. I, I don't want films to do this. You oh, know, I want course. them to succeed. I know. But, I mean, it makes for a good episode. That's for sure. Well, it does. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's I mean, true. It's good for us to, like, sit here and, and yeah. just, you know, like, uh, rip on it. But, I mean, like... It's good for study, though, too. Like, yeah. this is something... If I was teaching some kind of film class, right, right? I would show this. Be like, here are the problems. Yes. When you are scripting, when you are setting the scenes, when you are doing this or that... You can't do it this way. Yep. This is the result of those things. Yes. You learn from it. Yeah. I mean, any like first year film student would, if they, if they would just show that one scene with, um, uh, with James Pickens and go, now watch this, this man's talking <laughs> <laughs> and then he's not, you know, I right. mean like they, they'd all kind of go, what? You is know, it supposed to, and um, then the title card, it's like, oh man, we I, don't need a single title card in this. No. No, at all. It's like it's like the Blade Runner voiceovers. Like, yeah, they're unnecessary, right? It adds nothing, and and like none of even even the that's so weird. Even the title cards don't pay off because when they say the deep, um, (laughs) like I was, I mean, a thousand feet. That's kind of deep, okay? But like, yeah, right. I thought we were going to the Mariana Trench. Yeah, me, me too. Right? Uh, And literally, like, it's like one of them is. Further analysis. Yeah, further analysis. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I mean, my God. (laughs) Just following up on my last email. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I wish wish it was called analysis right before that. And then it was called further analysis (laughs) right after. That would have been something. That would have been funny, though. I know. They had a scene of them analyzing it. And then, like, it lasted literally, like, 26 seconds. And then further analysis. (laughs) That would be good. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> or just a nice Panther Explosives title screen. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There. <laughs> oh, um, Dave, anything else with this? Um, just one thing. Okay. Uh, when I first encountered this film, 
it it felt like a fake Seinfeld movie, you know, um, like, <laughs> like Channel or Death Blow. Yeah. You know, um, in my mind, I saw like Jerry and Elaine watching it in the theater and like you'd hear Larry David's voice coming from the screen like, <laughs> quick, everybody into the sphere. Yeah. You know, like it just it's been that way in my mind all this time. Right. And and like I, I thought of it in those terms, even like I'd seen it on the shelf a million times in the video store. Yep. I, I've, I've known about it because you've referenced it a million times. But in, <laughs> in my mind, it was still essentially just like, uh, you know, Firestorm or something. Yeah, or, right. you know, one of the one of the, the, the movie phone things that like Kramer does a fake trailer for. Yeah. And it was but it was no sphere is all too real. Right. Everybody. George can't get in the theater. Yes. He's having issues. Yes. Yep. Exactly. It, that's what it is. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which he'd be the lucky one. <laughs> no kidding dude go see rochelle rochelle again <laughs> exactly dude okay so would you recommend this certainly not um I, I i just i'm sorry man this this movie was hard to get through and when i saw that runtime i was oh man i was like well this is my sunday morning right i mean we're not opposed to long movies right we've done plenty of longer films right i've seen but- showa Right, exactly. That's like nine hours. Yes. Imagine nine hours of this. Oh my! God. No, thank no, you, no, dude. I can't. I can't. Um. Yeah. I. I. Dave. I'm not even gonna recommend it. Okay. Good. I mean. Okay. I'll probably still watch it again at some point <laughs> in my life. I'm gonna. Know, I'm gonna Attack of the Clones it. That, that's that was what I was comparing to because you've you've admitted like I'll only see Attack of the Clones eight more times. You know. I'm, I'm like okay. Right, yeah. God. It's awful, but I'm still gonna watch it. <laughs> right. Um. It's almost like Blade Runner to me. Uh, we famously don't really like Blade Runner that much. Yeah. But I still feel a little intrigued to watch it every now and then. For I know. some reason. I know. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I think some of it's nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Some of it, I just like the visuals and the atmosphere for the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I put up with the rest of it. I don't know. But I'm not recommending it, everybody. Okay. Um, you yeah. can skip it. Right. Um Watch Disclosure. That's another Ooh, Barry Levinson, Michael go. Crichton joint. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> um, a movie about virtual reality. Yes. And sexual harassment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you you get it in both of these movies, That's right? That's true, right. Exactly, yes. And also, Crichton like, liked sexual harassment. Yes, he certainly... Uh, okay. Um, and Barry Levinson and Dustin Hoffman, they have collaborated five different times. Yes, yes. You know, um, Rain, Man, Rain Man, Sleepers. Uh, Wag the Dog is probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, go, go see those movies way better than this film. Yes, that's for sure. All right. So that wraps it up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast, rate it, review it. And most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And you can also go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yep. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, and I'm sorry, Facebook, blue sky and Instagram. Uh, just look for dudes on movies and our email address is dudes on movies at gmail.com. That's right. And Dave, we have a question of the week. What is the question of the week? Uh, what mediocre films do you enjoy the most? There you go. And stay tuned next week when we do 2014's the one I love directed by Charlie McDowell and starring Elizabeth Moss and Mark Duplass. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Next time.